Welcome to Grown Up Kids, a Disney podcast. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing that was all started by a mouse. Hello and welcome to episode 86 of Grown Up Kids. I'm Megan. And I'm Katie. And today we will be discussing The Ugly Dachshund, which was a bit of an ugly movie. <laughs> um, Cat movie last week, dog movie this week. Yes. So do you want to go first this time? For the 30-second Disney so. dash? I guess Where I pulled it up. Thank you. Ready? Well, okay. I have to get my mind straight because we watched two movies tonight. I know. <laughs> Drastically They're different, very which different, was nice, though. but... Ready? Yeah. Go. Um, this family has this dachshund who has puppies, and then they need this mom puppy to wean or help feed this other Great Dane dog, and the guy gets it, and then it's this big fiasco because the dachshunds are really bad, and everything gets blamed on the Great Dane, and then... There's some stuff between the wife and the husband. There's some really racist stuff. We'll get into it. That's it? Yeah. All right. You were only at 22 seconds. Oh, man. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> okay. On your mark. Get set. Go. So the beginning of the movie starts out straight away with stereotypes of men and women. And puppies are born. And, of course, the guy is upset that a boy wasn't born. And... He takes on this masculine, macho Great Dane, and um, the Great Dane is good, and the puppies are actually bad. The dachshunds are actually bad, and yeah, there's some sexism and racism and all kinds of fun things in between. (laughs) You were there, though. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, as you can hear, we were not really i'm just gonna straight out say it we weren't really fans of this movie like yeah there were definitely moments where we laughed because Mm -hmm. of the dogs Mm -hmm. but that's really like where the enjoyment stopped yep um like honestly i'm really shocked that this movie is on disney plus it's it's disappointing that it's on disney plus it shouldn't i agree um it shouldn't be available so but we'll get into it katie Give me your plot. All right. Back of the movie cover plot. Suburban couple, Mark and Fran, take their beloved dachshund, was it Donka, to the vet's office to deliver her first brood of puppies. Before they leave, Dr. Pruitt persuades soft-hearted Mark to adopt Brutus, a tiny puppy that has been abandoned by its mother. As a puppy grows into a full-size Great Dane that raises a ruckus around the house, but not Franchise to convince Mark to find him a new home until a brave act helps change her mind. Sounds innocent. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> but it um, wasn't at all. So, okay. So some history on the Ugly Dachshund. This movie was released in 1966. It's considered an American comedy film and it was directed by Norman Tokar. Um, it was written by Albert Ailey. And it starred Dean Jones, who we actually just saw in um, that darn cat. Yeah, I was he blanking was for a second. That Zeke darn cat. Kelso. Yes, and Suzanne Plachette, who I believe that we're going to see in a couple movies going forward. 
Her voice kept reminding me of Duchess. Like, it's probably not the same lady at all. It might be the same lady. Maybe. It really, like, it, it reminded really me actually, of a young version of her voice. I want to know for sure. <laughs> we gotta know. Acting career. Hmm. <laughs> oh, she was in the Shaggy. Oh, wait, we haven't gotten to that yet. The Shaggy DA she'll be in. Mm, which is like the very first Shaggy dog. Yeah. Here's her filmography. No, actually, she is not. Oh, darn. Duchess. But yeah, her voice actually does. It kept reminding me of that. She's in. She she voices someone in The Lion King 2, Simba's Pride. Really? Yeah, Zira. Oh, I think that's um, like the quote, bad cub's mom. Mm. I think. I might be totally wrong. She's but. also in Spirited Away for the English dub. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Okay. Um, let's see. Where did I leave off? Okay. In a story about a great Dane who believes he is a dachshund. <laughs> see, that was the fun part of the movie. That was very cute. <laughs> um, it was based on a novel by Gladys Bronwyn Stern. And... This is the first of several what they considered lighthearted comedies that were produced in the studios in the 60s. I think that this was, you know how like in the, I want to say in the 50s, it was very, I guess it kind of went into the early 60s too. There was a lot of, you know, adventure type films. Mm -hmm. I think that this was kind of their shtick. Yeah. Now. More like, like they said, lighthearted comedy. Yeah. I can see that. Especially with the next movie, too, which was much better than this one. Yeah. Um, but So some of the reception from this movie, like back when it was released, the New York Times called it a thin, contrived, one-joke comedy. I don't know if that's good. I don't uh, really that kind of sounds bad. Like, you're just running with one joke and that's all you got. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Variety stated that the film's sum total adds up to first-rate family entertainment, not to mention as having definite appeal for dog lovers and audiences generally. Los Angeles Time wrote, The fun runs thin early in The, early, in the Ugly Dachshund, a new color film from our usually reliable friend Walt Disney. Yet even with the old magic diluted, his latest picture from Buena Vista has some worthwhile moments for Disney fans and dog lovers. So kind of mixed review there. Um, okay. So now some of the criticism, kind of, these articles that I found are kind of all over the place from, like, when they're written, but just basically, like, more current, more current times. People looking back on the films. Should we explain, like, what we thought was racist, or will these articles do it? They'll, they'll do it. Okay. Um. You go, girl, you go. So there's a funny... There's a funny blog that I found called uh, A Bad Word Watching Movies. <laughs> but but Buttholes? Yeah. <laughs> um, so it says, this is an exceedingly cute movie if you don't mind the casual racism, which of course we should. Uh, when Disney Plus started migrating all these old movies onto their streaming service, making some of them available th for the first time in decades... They realized how poorly some of them had aged, and some of their films simply did not make the cut, but others, like The Ugly Dachshund, is prefaced with a disclaimer. 
which it was. It had like a cultural disclaimer, the same type of disclaimer that you see when you watch Dumbo on Disney Plus or Peter Pan on Disney Plus. It was it was the same generic culture warning. Mm -hmm. Um, So I saw that and I was just kind of like, how can a movie with about dogs have a culture warning? Like what on earth? And would have happened. It was entirely unnecessary. It could have been Absolutely. completely avoided. Absolutely. I think that's even what's that's more what frustrating. Is, yes. That's what makes me so angry about this movie. Yeah. Because I, you know, I know that we are more culturally aware in current times. Right. But even in the 60s, you have to watch this movie and say, was that really okay to do? Right. It just was very in your face and obvious. So there's a scene. Um, Fran, that's her name, right? Yeah. Fran is throwing a party at their house. And it she is wants like, to impress this dog show person. Yes. And it is, she, for whatever reason, themes it like this Japanese tea garden party or something so she hires two asian men their names i have it of mr toyama toyama and kenji Kenji. Yes. yes um they're they're terrified of the great dane and they keep calling him a lion however they made it very obvious with their accents um they were saying lion in incorrectly. Well, you know, like not in standard English, how you pronounce it, just like with an accent. So what is the guy's name? I'm blanking here. Mark. Mark. Okay. So Mark gets annoyed with these two guys because they are scared of the Great Dane. Because, I mean, to be fair, he's running amok through the yard. (laughs) I'm not saying that it's his fault that he was running amok and like anybody should be scared, but like genuinely some people are just really scared of dogs and like it is what it is. And you as a dog owner need to understand that sometimes that not everybody's going to love your dog. Right. And like, that's okay. Right. So besides the point, okay. The great Dane Brutus is running all over the place And they're calling this dog a lion. And then Mark catches the dog and then mocks them in their accent back. Saying, look out, it's a lion, but says it like in the accent that they had said it. And it is just like... It's really gross. Cruel. Yeah. I just was very taken aback. Like, I actually had to pause the movie and rewind it because I was like, wait, did they just say it like that? And Katie was like, oh, I don't know, did he? And then we rewound it and I was like, yeah, I thought that I caught that. That's mm-hmm. awful. It like kind of made me, it just made me feel gross. It did. I was like, it, it, it almost made me be like, I don't want to like give this movie a view on disney plus no like the whole the, it killed the mood it killed i mean the like there the was whole still rest of the movie it was maybe halfway through at that point whenever that happened and yeah I'd, i would still like appreciate plus the fact that they utilized those two asian men for the entirety of that scene with comedy yes like it was just Made like them look we're like just gonna load too, it on them and you know? make them look like idiots yeah 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 
I, I like it, seriously, it just like tanked the mood. I appreciated again, like Meg said in the beginning, there all the dog moments I mean, like, puppies were cute are and great, funny. Right? Yeah, puppies but are like puppies are funny. Just the mood was just instantly just extinguished. Like mm, so. Okay, mm. so back to this blog. They say certainly the negative depictions were not difficult to spot in this movie and if you're watching it with children a follow-up conversation is probably appropriate i would not let my child watch this movie but anyway (sighs) um if i had one they say and i agree this movie was extremely difficult for me to watch and while yes there was like a cuteness overload in the beginning with the puppies and the little dachshund and I did get a little bit annoyed at Fran for a second because she like basically forced Mark to get rid of this dog when he didn't really want to. Right. Um, and like that was kind of annoying. But then in, in honestly, in a lot of these movies, I try my best to understand that it is the times with the sexism. It's hard. And dude. So, like it's very difficult. And I was just, I was already kind of getting annoyed with the sexist tropes basically throughout this film, just about how this whole movie is basically about like Mark needing to assert himself in like this masculine way with this big dog that is so masculine. Like I just wanted to be like, dude, come down a peg. Yeah, like in in the very (laughs) beginning. It was like as soon as he realized that this dog makes me look macho. Then like he's like, I need to win with him. I need right. you know what I mean? And right. I just I need to shove this in Fran's face. Right. Just right off from the beginning, we know that they have a dachshund, right? And it's a small dog. So what? And he goes to pick up the puppies and he's in there with this great Dane who just had puppies and he's like, Oh what he said something like I'd I'd give uh, he didn't say this, but like I'd give my right arm for a dog like that. It was like an expression like that. Like, for the for the Great Dane, yeah, because yeah. he wanted he, he felt wanted like that made him yeah dog. macho masculine. Ugh, it just upset me. I found this other blog written by a Colin Edwards, and I will, um, I will forewarn that this article is a little bit <laughs> much at times with the verbiage because it's talking about masculinity and just like uses some inappropriate words, um, but. It says that I liked this quote. So he starts out just describing the film. The Ugly Dachshund's a film about naughty puppies and party hats, silly dogs, collapsing furniture, falling into fish ponds, a great Dane who thinks he's a dachshund, and baby dachshunds who are determined to undermine him at any cost. Cool. If that's what it was, adorable. Yeah. Absolutely adorable. Yeah. Yet, it's also a film about the emasculation of the American male. The corruptive nature of power, overcoming impotence, and the pragmatic glory of a big word. Got it. Got it. Word. <laughs> okay. Being extremely masculine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's just that was a lot on its own. And I could have gotten over that if what I just read you is his little description was the big part of the film. And there was just sexism in here that me as a woman has dealt with my entire life and understand, unfortunately that in the sixties, that is what it is. Mm -hmm. I could have gotten over that, but then it just got worse. 
So it's like, uh, I like how they described this as well. So like, okay, Mark and Franz, prize-winning dachshund Danka, has a litter of three cute little puppies and Fran couldn't be happier. Mark, on the other hand, feels outnumbered now, being the only male in a household of five females, meaning three puppies, Donka and Fran. He is an artist who works from home, so Fran is most likely providing for both of them, and it's not as though he's the most assertive guy on the planet. This is emphasized at his birthday party where one of the dachshunds gives Mark a bronze bone as a gift, effectively implying that... You know, there you go. You are masculine. I'm giving you a bronzed bone. You know what I'm saying? Like, also, again, to reiterate, he was he was very upset was that so upset. one of the puppies was not a boy. Yes. And he was upset at the fact that, like, the dogs were giving him birthday gifts or whatever. And, like, yeah, he was, but, like, he was in his, he was, like, pouting because he had to get rid of Brutus and this was all leading up to the fact that Fran had gotten Brutus back for him. Yes. And he was being a whiny little crybaby yeah. about his birthday. Yeah. So that is the whole masculinity part of this movie that annoyed me. Um, I also found this article. It's called the great Disney movie ride dot home.blog. So I think that they're kind of doing a similar project to what we're doing, but they're just blogging about it. What up, fam? Yeah, what up? <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, like, they break this down, and they just kind of, like, pull the other sections that are a little bit sexist. So, basically, everything. Mark goes <laughs> to pick up the puppies from Dr. Pruitt's office. Um, and he finds out that the great Dane that's there had her own litter, but rejected the smallest pup. And she's not producing enough milk for the litter. Um, but Donka is producing too much so they can potentially take the little puppy. This started off with the, such a potential to be such a great story. Yes. I'm just going to reiterate that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they also say here, that let's see through this whole movie so he tries to tell her the truth but she doesn't listen to a word that he says basically ever honestly through the whole movie but like that is what it is um that was annoying me until all this other crap took over i know and then i, I was, was like, like i can't even think about that anymore <laughs> yeah i know i'm like listen to him gosh what well, let him get a word out right. and then all of a sudden i was like oh girl don't listen to him <laughs> <laughs> no, i got you girl never mind like, yeah it was like a it was like a switch flipped and i was just like forget mark no fran you do you boo <sighs> So even through the whole movie, like so much of this wackiness wouldn't exist if she would listen for five seconds, but he gets his dog and whatever. And then like, I just, I just don't even know. Oh, this. So he gets this dog and him deciding on his name is even like, he decides on Brutus because um, Brutus is like this big masculine name and like that is the purpose of him choosing the name brutus yeah i would want a great dane named like cupcake or something you know wouldn't that be adorable funny and cute 
And so I'm cute. sure that they're just like big, cuddly, lovey dogs. They're like, Whoa, you know, mm-hmm. but like not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would want to name it something really cute. So anyway, I mean, like, I don't want to repeat myself a bunch of times, but basically I'm not a fan of this yeah. movie. You know what else? Excuse me. Also, the fact that, like, there was a scene where, like, a cop gets chased by a dog and just, like, spends the whole night up in a tree was just... It was weird. Weird. Um, There was a part in the movie. It's it's in the time when um, they don't have Brutus because there was maybe, like, a month period that they did not have him. And um, Mark is acting all, like, cold and distant to Fran. I don't think he actually realized he was. Um, She came to like talk to him and made him realize that he was and like he apologized. But the part that really bothered me was like she was like so timid. Like, oh, you're angry again, aren't you? Oh, yeah. Like, what? No. Have a conversation like two adults in a relationship, like two partners. It just really, really bothered me that it was portrayed that way. Yeah. No, I forgot about that. Um, okay, so this was the paragraph that I, that I wanted to read. It says, every bad 1960s comedy has a few things in common. Oh, no. Terrible people we're supposed to root for, gags that weren't that funny in the first place getting run into the ground, Mm. and racism. We're two for three so far. So two Japanese caterers show up to set up for a garden party and complete the trifecta of terribleness. Actually, at first, Mr. Toyama speaks like a normal person, alibit with a hint of an accent. Yes, you're His right. His nephew, Kenji, doesn't speak at all and is just like a little questionable. But so far, it's not like Swiss Family Robinson or, every, or anything. I don't know if you remember that. There, it was, I think it was like a... Man, it's been a minute since I saw that movie. But I, I vaguely remember. I think, yeah. I think I recall. Um, But after Fran greets them, she heads inside to tell her husband the caterers are here to set up for their garden party. And she wastes no time in making fun of his accent. Oh, you are right. She does it right away then. Um, I thought that was going to be what the... Agreed. The warning was about. And then it got worse. And I was like, oh, okay, that must have been it. Yeah, but then it went next level. Yeah. It was... She asks Mark to make sure Brutus stays out of the way, but words it in a way that makes it sound like she's haranguing him to get rid of his dog again. Mark finally gets fed up with being treated like this and accuses her dogs of being destructive, which they are. But she (laughs) sneers that Brutus is big and clumsy, so everything is his fault. And here's where we double down on the racism thing. Any dog is going to be at least curious when strangers enter his home. So Brutus goes up to say hi to the caterers, and because they are silly stereotypes and not normal people who are educated enough to run a business, they mistake the large dog for a lion. Um, Like I said, they pronounce it with the accent, and Frank then insults Mark's, Fran insults Mark's dog again and orders him to get him under control, and I don't blame Mark for being annoyed, But was it necessary to make fun of the accents again? Anyway, apparently the incident didn't offend the caterers too much because the rest of setup goes smoothly and soon the party begins in earnest. It is ostensibly Japanese themed with lanterns and pagodas and a bunch of white dudes in kimonos playing polka music. 
didn't yeah, realize that. that i saw that and i was like uh, what yeah um fran reveals to dr pruitt this is the vet that like helped donka give birth to the puppies that she's only having this party to butter up Mel Chadwick, who is the judge at the upcoming dog show. And she has a plan to accidentally show Chloe, one of the puppies, off and get an edge on the competition. So another thing that I, I, I don't remember if it's Mark or Fran who says it, but it's when they arrive or like leading up to when the caterers arrive. It's Mark. He calls them Orientals. Oh, yeah. I th- okay, that's what I thought it was. And then her first mm-hmm. remark and of I was the like, accent. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then the whole Mark thing, that was like, that was so uncomfortable. <sighs> it was so uncomfortable. It just like, yeah, it was like literally like, like the fun was sucked out of the room. And I was yeah. like, oh, this is the way we're going. Okay. <sighs> yeah. The only so, good parts of the movie literally were just with the dogs. Yeah. Like that scene in Mark's workshop. Yes. Hilarious. Was hilarious. And another scene in the living room, which I'm sure those will end up being our favorite scenes because they were the only good scenes that didn't involve sexism or racism. So I'm sure we'll talk about them later. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's I can't really recommend this film. Especially because, like, I don't think it should be getting plays. I just, like, I'm genuinely shocked it's on Disney+. Plus. Uh, I mean, there are movies that are not on Disney+. And I understand why they're not on Disney+. And I cannot, for the life of me, comprehend how this movie is not not a part of those. Yeah, I agree with you. It just... This is is worse than just give a warning. Mm -hmm. I would agree. Because, so, because it's just so, it's so, so blatantly racist. Yeah. So, okay. <sighs> so the last line of this article says, so in between the dog shenanigans, which are repeated almost shot for shot, no less than three times, which is true. It's basically the exact <laughs> same joke filmed three different ways in three different settings. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to deal with the garrisons, which is Mark and Fran. And these are just horrible people. Like this person says, I know dysfunctional marriages were a big thing in 60s comedy, but it's really hard to root for them. The characters just aren't likable. It's hard not to feel bad for him, but it also gets really frustrating to watch. It's hard to not. Yeah, it's hard to not feel bad for him, but it also gets really frustrating to watch. At least the dogs are cute. Yeah, that's this kind person, of how I felt too. This person has summed up my feelings. Yeah, like it's a really great article. I, maybe I'll like link it in the show notes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So next up, <laughs> fun facts is fun facts. <laughs> I believe we'll get into all of that again. I'm sure. Um, not too many fun facts, but. Um, in the movie, Suzanne Fleshet, 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 sorry, who plays Fran. Uh, she is in the movie. She's obsessed with dachshunds, but in real life, um, she actually had a Yorkshire Terrier named Missy, and because her dog could smell um, her co-stars on her when she got home, 
Uh, they didn't, didn't really appreciate that, so the actress had to shower and change her clothes before leaving the studio. <laughs> That's cute. I feel like, I don't know, our cats don't super care about that. They'll like sniff sniff and then they're like, all eh, right, well, you came home to me, so right. whatever. Um, Brutus, the who is the ugly dachshund, the Great Dane, also appeared in another Disney film six years earlier as one of the Swiss family Robinson's two guardian Great Danes, Duke. So he's used to being in racist movies. Cool. Poor pup. Um, this is the <laughs> final film of Dick Wessel. You went there. <laughs> this is the final film of Dick Wessel. He died shortly after principal photography was completed. So Paul Fries looped in and finished, looped in Wessel's entire part in post-production. They played the garbage man. So a little interesting. Uh, this was released on a bill with the 1966 cartoon featurette, Winnie the Pooh and the Honey Tree. Okay, so that clearly would have been the best part of this movie. <laughs> yes. And lastly, the movie earned $6 million, which was considered a hit in 1966. And it received the Box Office Magazine Blue Ribbon Award for the month of March that year. I would not have given it any ribbon. No award. Not even a consolation prize. I would have given so the dogs prizes. Is that people in the sixties were racist? Yeah, I was trying I mean, to figure people out. People nowadays still are. So it was like to the point where I literally because you can make fun of me if you want, internet fans, people listening. Um, I'm really bad with dates, so I had to look up when was World War Two because I couldn't remember, and it, and because that's how how bad it was towards. Um, the Asian community. Yeah, the Asian community. That's how it was that bad where I was like, was this that close? Or am I just, I don't know. No, it's not. It was This film is released 20 years after that. So uh, racism is really deep. It just And it sucks. Like, it, yeah. And like thinking to how things are now for the Asian community as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, it hit extra like at this moment, you know? Yeah, I just, you know, I just, you know, be actively anti-racist. Yep. Um, that's how we begin to eradicate it. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a long, hard journey, but it's worth it for those individuals. And yep. you have to acknowledge your privilege in this world. And it just sucks. Yeah. So... Um, characters Mark Garrison so he is the husband he yeah <laughs> we've, got, we've kind of already torn him to shreds I yeah not a fan this um, also I'm sorry go ahead no this movie also is like to put in perspective if you're not going to watch it you're just going to listen to us talk about it it's the time period where the bedroom has two separate twin beds. And like, yeah. that's how it goes. Yeah. Which I understand. I don't understand. But I understand that was like how that it was. was but it's so, but like, why so uncomfortable for me to watch. Yeah. It just, it, it, it's uncomfortable because it hurts my heart. Because I feel like you just read that there was that um, relationships in the 60s were like, they were com comedic like that. But like comedic relationships were relationships that didn't work. 
or whatever. They were failing relationships or something. But does that stem from like real life? Because these, how are you supposed to, how are you supposed to have a relationship with someone? You don't even share a bed with them. I don't know. I mean, if that's your thing and that's like, you guys are consensual that way and everything, and that's what you want to do. I'm whatever. It's just like, it just makes me sad because, and throughout the whole movie, like they just don't feel like they have a great connection. Like you said, like they're hard to root for. Yeah. I feel yeah. like I'm rambling, but I just have feels. No, I, I agree. I, I really like, honestly, I don't really want to talk about Mark and Fran. We've talked about them to death. I don't want to sort them. Like this yeah. movie just like upset me to the fa- to the point where like, I just want it to be Put over past, and yeah. move on <laughs> i agree with um you. i'll talk about dr pruitt so he, he is cool. yeah so he's the vet mm-hmm. he helped donka give birth mm-hmm. um he's the reason that brutus is alive yeah for sure so brutus was rejected by his mother and dr pruitt was Hand bottle feeding, feeding was bottle feeding Brutus and asked Mark to take the puppy with him because Donka was overproducing milk and could basically help save Brutus from dying of starvation because his mom, his mom basically just decided I can't make enough milk for you. You're the smallest. I'm not going to feed you. Right. Um, and so Dr. Pruitt is cool. He knew because and he cares it, about the dogs. Right. At first, Mark was like, oh, no, no, no. I can't. I can't take another puppy. Like, and he was like, OK, well, here, hold him while I yeah, hold him and feed him while I go get the your puppies. trick. Right. And like instant. It was like he fell in love with it. Of course. You're not putting that dog down again. <laughs> <laughs> and he knew that. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. He's the Hufflepuff. Oh, He's yeah. Just for like. Sure. For sure. Yeah. People pleaser. Yeah, he's a helper. Animal he's pleaser. a healer, you know. Yeah. Um, Officer Carmody. He kind of annoyed me. First of all, Mr. Officer Carmody, I want to let you know that I appreciated that you were not going to give Mark a ticket at the beginning of the movie because he you assumed he was taking Fran to the hospital for whatever reason. But then because they pulled up to an animal hospital, you decided to give them a ticket. So yeah. you mean to tell me that you value the life of their dog less than Fran? That did it should me. be equal. And he kept laughing about it. Like it's when he not saw, funny. When he saw him again, he's like, oh, say hi to the fam for me. Ha ha. Woof woof. Ha ha ha. What's wrong with having dogs as children? Nothing. Literally nothing. That annoyed me. He deserved to be up in that tree. <sighs> he just really bothered me. Oh. So Brutus chased him up into a tree for a whole night, and that was that was revenge. Yeah, it felt good. Yeah, agreed. I don't um, really know where I'd put him though. Yeah, I don't. He's know. a muggle. Mm, yeah, I just don't like him. Uh, Mel Chadwick. So fun fact: he's played by somebody from the Andy Griffith Show. Huh. Parley Bear. I probably pronounced that wrong. But um, so he is one of the judges. He judges the dachshunds at the local dog show. Um, hence why Fran was trying to impress him with Chloe, one of her puppies, 
who she thought was like the perfect puppy, mm-hmm. the perfect dachshund. Um, and yeah, I mean, like he's a little bit arrogant. He he's at the party and he's very impressed with Chloe because Fran does her whole little I'm going to set this up and Chloe's going to run out and he's going to notice her and like it works to a T. Um, but then at the end, like after the chaos that ensues with the dogs just wrecking havoc on the entire party, um, he's just like not a nice person. And then Chloe does not win first. She wins second. Yeah. Which so, is fine. Yeah, I mean, whatever. Not everybody can come in first. But In, in the end, they decide to stop doing shows and just live let their dogs live their life as dogs and let them not stress over preparing for shows and which is probably a good decision i guess yeah if it's gonna stress you out to the point where you're not enjoying it and then that's gonna stress your dog out and they're not gonna enjoy it yeah yeah and i'm sorry mark was doing it just to prove that he was bigger and better Mm -hmm. mm-hmm 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 um, the last two characters are Mr. Toyama and Kenji. and Kenji. So they're the caterers who put the whole party together. Mm-hmm. And that's really all we know about them. They are yeah. forced to look like idiots, which really sucks. Yeah, basically. They're like, they're utilized through that entire scene as just kind of like everything's going to happen to them and yep. it's going to be, everyone's going to laugh at them. Mm-hmm. So, like, the cakes and stuff fall on their faces and they, I don't know, they're just a part of all the destruction. They're chased and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about the good parts of the movie. So, which like are I our said, only favorite parts. Yeah. So, like I said, I, I enjoyed the scene with the puppies and Brutus in Mark's um, studio. Yes, they, they like just caused, caused mass wreckage. <laughs> there was paint that was squirting all over all of the dogs. You know, the one thing that I'm interested in, though, is like how those scenes were filmed, because it really did look at times a little unsafe for the dogs. Yeah, there was one time where, you know, Brutus is bumbling. The dogs oh, totally. Brutus is a, you know, he's a Great Dane puppy. This dude does not he's have awkward. controls properly of yeah. his limbs. Like he's he's just trying to learn his life. Legs are too big for yeah. his body. But there's one point where he like I mean there's paint everywhere, there's papers everywhere, and he goes sliding like into the wall. Like he that was okay. Scared. Yeah. But like things fell down on top of him, but like yeah. in like a very unsafe way. Yeah. And I I was like, That's, oh, I he was just got hit in his like, head. I mean, I didn't like that. These movies definitely don't have the best track record for taking care of animals. Yeah. So, but I'm just interested. I'm interested if there is any information at all about that. I didn't see anything, but I think that people were too blindsided by the other bad parts to focus on maybe that. But, yeah. Um, hopefully, not at the expense expense of them being injured those scenes were pretty funny um yeah there was another more similar one where they like got a hold literally of this, it was, yeah it was three 
scenes, the exact same thing happened. Mm-hmm. The first one was they unraveled a bunch of yarn all over the place and Brutus got blamed. And the second one was the shop and Brutus got blamed or got blamed. And the last one was at the party yeah. and Brutus got blamed, which I felt really bad because this dude was just trying to warn everybody. Hey, the dachshund puppies are acting up again. My the sisters are acting up. took his bone in the last one and like they were just like they were taking it and carrying it around everywhere to like entice him to run around. Mm -hmm. I was like, he just wants his bone back. And which will lead into actually my truly my favorite part of the movie. The only reason he like ran around like that and everything, this giant dog thought he was a dachshund because he was raised by a dachshund mama. Yeah. So he would, it was so funny like during the dog show because he would see a dachshund and be like, Oh Yeah that's what I am. And he would like crawl on the ground and like act like a toxin. And then he would see a great Dane and be like, wait, that's what I am. And he'd be like all tall and proud and like, (laughs) yeah, that was cute. It was pretty cute. And they had to like figure out how to make him not see the dachshund so that he would perform properly in the show. (laughs) That was cute. You know, without the racism. Um, if I had to pick a favorite character, I think it would be Dr. Pruitt. Yeah. Dude had a very kind heart. And my least favorite character is Mark. Mm-hmm. I think that everybody knows what my least favorite scene is. Yep. I don't need to talk about it again. Yep. Same, same, um, same. And what I took away from this film is that, like, honestly, it should be locked in the vault and it should not be available for consumption. I in agree. My opinion. I agree. Like I that literally could be like a harsh opinion, but sorry, not sorry. <laughs> I have it made me feel really unsettled. Yeah, I just like I don't know. I was just surprised. I guess the, which the, I don't. I don't know. They could have like literally. What's so upsetting is they could have just eradicated that whole scene. Didn't even yeah, need to be there. It didn't have to be there at all. Like what? It was there to cause another ruckus scene. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. My takeaway is, you know, it's the systemic racism is sickening. And like it's Meg has said this so many times. I've got a frog in my throat. It is exhausting to be aware and to stay aware. But if you don't like you're just contributing. If I'm exhausted by imagine. this as a white person yes. imagine the exhaustion that everybody else feels so who am i to be like it's too hard yeah that's not fair it is tiring and i am not even nope the one who feels it so you know katie and i are here for anybody mm-hmm. we really do try our best to be actively anti-racist. It is a process of unlearning things that you don't even realize you may say, do, think, realize. Mm -hmm. Um, It can get real uncomfortable because you're like, mm -hmm. whoa, wait, do I think, you know, whatever. Um, But there are a lot of books out there. Yep. There are a lot of ways to educate yourself. You don't have to burden others with, you know, your quest for knowledge on this stuff. They're just Google books to read about anti-racism and yep. you will get a whole book list. Um, 
and I just highly recommend it. Same. So. Do we want to go to some fun stuff? Do we want to put this episode in the vault? I really do. <laughs> I'm just like <laughs> so nervous to put this out there to like upset someone and be like, you guys are so politically correct, blah, blah, blah. And I just want to be like, you well, know what? You know, I, you know, honestly, I don't even know why I care because at the end of the day, I'm going to be who I'm going to be. And these are the things that I believe. And it is what it is. So. Say it louder for the people in the back. <laughs> I just like, I hate that I'm already anxious for the criticism of this episode, but like part of me is just like, don't care. Yeah. I, I agree with you. It's okay. It's whatever. It's okay. If, if you have ideals about racism, um, uh, maybe we need to have a chat or need to part ways. <laughs> yeah. You know? All right. Disney memory. Disney memory. Is it a happy one? I didn't read it, but okay. I think I'm going to it's going it to be is. happy. Because um, there are pictures involved. Yes, exactly. So, <laughs> so this is actually um, a memory from December of 2018. And this person reached out again and said, I figured I'd try to resend this. It's a bit old now, but it's still my favorite memory. Um, and then added that their little one is almost two now. So it involves a baby. Aww. So it's going to be good. So this comes from Joseph. Hey there, Megan and Katie. My name is Joseph Ryling, and I have got a memory to share with y'all. I apologize in advance for the possible long length. Do not apologize. It's okay. So my wife, Kim, and I are finishing up our fourth straight Christmas at Disney World, but first with my new guide dog, Brooklyn. He's a bit of a ham and attention hog. Oh, it's about a dog, too. Perfect. <laughs> I actually had a different memory that I originally wanted to share, but this one trumped that one. We've been married a little over three years now and have been trying to conceive for nearly two of that. When it didn't happen right away, we just chalked it up to letting her birth control get out of her system. Once it passed a year of no luck, we became rather discouraged. So we got to a point where we just stopped putting so much pressure on it and just see what happens. Fast forward to late this summer and still no luck. At this point, Kim is starting to get to a point where she just wants to give up and is seriously considering looking into becoming foster parents. If my memory serves, this was on a Friday. Go to the next Monday and Kim has gotten to a point where it's late enough in her you-know-what that it has that it should have started at this point. She decides she can't wait any longer and takes a preg pregnancy test that morning before work and it comes back positive so quickly that she thinks she did something wrong. She takes another and gets the same result. She's pregnant. I know I haven't gotten to Disney's relevance, but I'm about to, I promise. <laughs> I have to leave for three weeks to go to training for my guide dog and that's tough, but looking forward to our Christmas trip gets us through those three weeks apart and I get home the Friday before Thanksgiving with my new guide. We find out that when we go to the doctor the day before our trip that we should be able to figure out the gender. No such luck that day as the baby decides to be difficult. They always have a mind of their own, you know? Always. Kim has a plan to have Mickey and Minnie help us with our gender reveal and with the baby not cooperating, she thinks our plans are ruined. But there's a glimmer, perhaps some pixie dust, as we are told we can come back in the morning on our way out of town. Oh, that's so sweet. The day of our trip, we head back for another ultrasound, and after some prodding, the baby cooperates. We have a gender in a sealed envelope. We arrive in Disney on Friday and check into the hotel, but since we're a little early, our room isn't ready, so we decide, let's go to Animal Kingdom now and get their help. Now, after some difficulty with our tickets, of course, <laughs> we're finally able to get to them and ask the cast members if Mickey and Minnie can help us out. They say, of course, and the plan is set in motion. 
They each have a onesie. Mickey has a blue for a boy and Minnie pink for a girl. We take a few photos. We take a few before photos with Brooklyn holding a sign that says it's a. The moment is here and the anticipation is killing us. The cast member does a countdown and then Mickey and Minnie do a back and forth with the onesies and who ends up who ends up at the front? It's Mickey, so it's a boy. Kim starts screaming with excitement, as do the rest of the people in the room. All in all, it was a perfect way for two Disney lovers to do a gender reveal. Incorporate the mouse and have a have a memory that will last a lifetime. Thanks in advance for reading my memory, and again, sorry for the length. I've attached photos you can post to the page if you'd like. Love the show and keep up the gold work. And they included the picture of Mickey and Minnie in their little Christmas outfits. That is so Uh, cute. And little ultrasound. And I do believe little Liam is now two years old. We even got an updated picture. Yeah, congrats. Um, I don't know if we've talked about it on this pod because we took such a long break. But the realness of like more. We're at that age where like our friends are having kids, right? Like yes. we're past like everyone's getting married. Everyone's, having kids. everyone's having kids. Um, the reality of how many of our friends are, how many more of our friends are having problems conceiving as opposed to friends not having problems is astronomical. So like genuinely everybody, like you're <sighs> not alone. You're not alone. You are not alone. No. And like we have not, we have not experienced anything relating to parenting yet or like, you know, we're in talks of starting a family but we're not we're not there but like what we've seen from our friends is just it's so hard so yeah. you guys getting through that and like it's so just like, huge congrats yeah it's just like really also cool Where like i feel like sometimes life waits until you get to that moment where you're like this is so hard i i don't know anymore and then boom you know you never know yeah so super awesome congrats to you guys and thank you for your story. Yeah, your kid is super cute. Too. <laughs> He's super cute. So if you, person with headphones on, speaker, Amazon device, wherever you may be listening to us, if you want to share your Disney memory, email us at grownupkidspodcast at gmail.com. It could be anything Disney related. So send it in and we'll be sure to feature it on the show. You can find Grown Up Kids on Spotify or anywhere that you can listen to podcasts. So make sure that you subscribe so you can get that latest episode as soon as it's available. You can also find us on social media and join in on the conversation. We are on Facebook at Grown Up Kids, a Disney podcast and Instagram at Grown Up Kids pod. I'm trying to make sure that I post in our Instagram stories whenever we're like watching the movies and such. Um, So make sure that you give us a follow there and feel free to reach out to us if you guys have any feedback or things that you think will make the show better just like anything if you want to message us on instagram or facebook go for it um we post a discussion after each episode so feel free to head on over to the facebook group and talk about the episode in the group thank you so much for listening and make sure to watch a much more lighthearted movie (laughs) lieutenant robert caruso ahead of next week's episode thanks for um saying the correct word because i typed the wrong word <laughs> uh, wait no, what did you put wait what i put crusoe oh Car- okay <laughs> i thought that maybe i said robinson and i was like no that's the book it's based off of it's robert crusoe <laughs> no you're good and don't forget adults are only kids grown up anyway
this happy place, welcome. Disneyland is your land. Here age relives fond memories of the past. And here youth may savor the challenge and promise of the future.